Welcome to the Escapist Corner. This is a podcast where we talk about lifestyle, sport, and entrepreneurship. We hope this can give you some inspiration to your daily life and also make you some good ideas um, based on where you are in your life. We're going to talk to uh, successful businessmen, coaches, sportsmen, athletes, doctors, what have you. Uh, please feel free to uh, look at our homepage, escapistcorner.com. There you find the, the links to Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening! So, welcome to the Escapist Corner. This is um, our first time doing a live live stream and also with a live guest, a living guest uh, next to us. Um, some of you guys are going to see us in, in the video. Some of you guys are going to listen to us, hopefully. And um, for you guys listening, we have a, a guest, a German guest, um, which um, our first female guest, actually. So very happy about that. Uh, Heli, Heli Hackmann. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, my first question is, uh, what's your relationship to Gene Hackman? Oh, I'm just watching movies, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. And he's spelled with a K. So it's pronounced Hackman, yeah. but I'm like with a ch so okay when i go to america there was like hatchman i'm like no that's not right but it's cool yeah but (laughs) but you say in 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 english you say uh, hackman but in germany you would would say hachman that's very harsh hachman hachman yeah Uh, uh, (laughs) german language exactly so where are you from uh i was born and raised in hamburg germany my mother's from california my dad's from germany so I've spent a high school year in California, and also um, uh, I did an internship at UCSD for athletic training for a couple months. But otherwise, Germany, yeah, that's been my base. Okay. So what's the uh, uh, real pronunciation of Hamburg? Is it Hamburg or Hamburg? Yeah, so it depends. Uh, which part of Germany you're the, from? Yeah, it depends, <laughs> yeah, and what generation you're from. Like my, my dad would say Hamburg. Yeah. But uh, Hamburg is more, no, yeah. yeah. Okay, you don't look like a fool. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> you, you were a bit on your background. Um, and uh, yeah, so you were in the States. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it just for one year? or? Uh, yeah, so uh, I spent two high school years actually in the States. So... First one was uh, in New York, upstate New York. I went to a boarding school. I was 15, turning 16. And then the next year, I kind of got kicked out of that school because back then I was uh, not training very much. I was more like smoking and like getting into trouble. So I got kicked out of that. And then, um, unfortunately, fortunately, I had a cousin in the United States and California that took over. Yeah. And then everything changed. So yeah. I got into fitness, into health, you know. Does it have to do with this change? Because uh, it's West, East Coast and West Coast, completely different mindsets, I would say. Probably the weather also helps a little bit. California yeah. has this vibe of summer. Yeah, I was, the, I, was, I was the cool kid in New York, you know, handing out the cigarettes and, like, bringing, bring, like, I actually, I, can I say this in the pocket? Like, I like, yeah. brought weed from Germany. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God. You know, so... But then I was so not the cool kid in California. Like nobody was smoking, and like only like the losers. So they were like on their the pre paleo diet at that time. I Probably guess. Yeah. that was uh, 1999. So yeah. actually quite a while ago. But I had um, yeah my 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 gym class was a weightlifting class. So the, that's how I got into lifting actually for the for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Still, I, I, I can kind of see that you might be, uh, that you were a girl with uh, like a strong own will. Could that have been true? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was my way or the highway. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, sometimes it's still like that if you ask my boyfriend. But yeah. 
So, <laughs> and and this um, kind of translates for for I mean for the for the listeners and viewers here, we uh, yeah for those who don't know you, what is your sports background? Um, I've always been an athletic person, so I started with horseback riding and doing tricks on the horse and all that kind of stuff. Also, and then I um, continued parallel to that with field hockey. Um, and did that for another 10 years. And then when I was a teenager, like 15, 16 years old, I completely quit sports and just like hung out and partied and I don't know what for like two years. And then when I went to California, I kind of came back to that athletic lifestyle again. So it was just like a small short dip into, you know, adventure and checking things out and just having fun. And teenager rebellion. I think it was normal. Like I always knew that I wasn't gonna be like that forever, and I always knew I just wanted to like have fun now and like see what what it's like to party and everything. But I, I knew that I wouldn't want to like keep on doing that for whatever how long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, do you think this uh, like stubbornness um, also helped you to you know? actually accomplish to get to some kind of top level in uh, your sports? I think so. I think you have to be very focused on, on something that you want to achieve and very passionate about it and not let anyone um, talk you into doing something else. So I've, you know, I needed, I needed to, to experience certain phases um, also, like wanting to compete in CrossFit, you know. And when I started CrossFit, I thought I'd be able to make it to regionals, like a lot of people probably do. So, but of course, I did it, and I, I won't. But I needed to at least try, you know, like give it my all. So, yeah. and people who were more experienced in CrossFit might have back then already known that I don't have what it takes to make it to regionals. Maybe you never know. But I would have listened to them. You know, I, I had to see it for myself. And that's how I've done most things in my life. I've had to experience it myself. Yeah. Did you have like a special role model uh, for uh, athletics and so on, especially like a, uh, as a woman? Um, we tend to see like, and I mean, you have sports where you have role models, but most of the role models, the, the picture uh, posters mm -hmm. are with men, right? Uh, and this is kind of a uh, something we talked about yesterday is kind of the changing thing with the CrossFit is that we actually see more girls uh, getting more sponsorships than men, mm -hmm. for example. And yeah. But that's also for the last couple of years. So when you have yeah. pre prior to CrossFit or prior to that, uh, who do you look up for? Yeah. I don't look up to a specific person, actually. It's more like the characteristics of strong women that I appeal to. So be it friends in my life or athletes that I think are cool. Like in the CrossFit uh, time when I was CrossFitting more, was like Camille leblanc Bazine. You know, because yeah. she looks a little bit like me. She has like this almost the same body type and size. So it was I was looking at her and seeing what she could lift and kind of comparing that to myself. And, yeah. you know, but basically just the image of a strong woman, a woman is something that I look up to, be it on a mental side, the mental perspective yeah. or the physical. Yeah. Is there any like sports background in your family that you follow up to? I don't Actually, know, not at all. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents started training. Like, um, so I've been in the industry for 17 years, and I've always tried to get them to train. And they actually started uh, about like 10 years ago. So I was training them first, and then I kind of like gave them to someone else because I said I can't train my own family. But, yeah, I'm yeah. still trying to make my dad go down the stairs instead of the elevator. Sorry, dad, but. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a hard way to push them. You don't want to really push them. And how far are you doing the sports? Are you doing your exercises? Yeah. How do you have that relationship on the side and keep the love in the family? Yeah, exactly. Like if they ask me questions, I'm happy to answer them, but I won't like push anything onto them. So they'll ask me about nutrition and what's healthy and what to eat before and after training or whatever, you know? So that's, that's cool. 
Yeah, I saw something about that with nutrition. You you also like provide some nutrition guidance uh, mm -hmm. programs, right? Yeah. So I'm not a nutritionist. I I didn't study that. I learned also just by living the yeah. healthy life and athlete life. So. Um, Yeah, I, I help mainly women actually um, on their on their diets. Usually, their goal is to lose weight and look good, and or perform or both. Yeah. And that's basically also my way of, of of learning how to eat right. So yeah, do do you? Um, I mean, I kind of have the experience, but for those who don't know. Um, what kind of uh, like difference do you see in the nutrition for like between men and women? Because um, there uh, there are some kind of um, what I've experienced some differences when you see like you can eat the same thing as man and woman and you have a bit different effects, right? Well, I mean, it, 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 well, gender-wise, of course, there are differences yeah. also hormonal-wise, but like. To, Generally, uh, women need a little bit more protein than men. Yeah. Because yeah, and also, I mean, they have less. They all they they need less calories. Yeah. Also, and um, usually, I don't know if there's any scientific evidence for this, but usually, it seems that women need to eat more often than men. Like, men can like go longer without eating for a couple hours, five, six hours, and women tend to be more hungry in between. There's no really right I'm, and I'm very I'm like a woman. <laughs> well, maybe that's just my personal that's my, that's experience. My gene, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, and that's that's exactly like that's totally personal and there's no right and no wrong. Like if you can go like it all comes down to having like a calorie balance that works for your goal. Yeah. And if you can work with that with three meals, that's fine. If you're always hungry and it's going to lead to not being consistent and adherence then I'll prescribe five meals per day, five smaller ones. Yeah. So yeah. Um, just to make this clear, as, as a woman, as a man, is it okay to eat fat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's also okay to eat like sugary food too every <laughs> once in a while. So like if most of your food comes from healthy sources, then yes, you could eat it. 20% of whatever you want like kind of if it fits your macros I guess as long as as long as you have enough fiber in your in your nutrition and enough micronutrients and you're kind of like kind of like balancing out the macronutrients so you get you're getting the minimum amount of macronutrients that you need so protein fat carbs and usually it depends on your goals so if you want better body composition usually you can like go a little bit lower on the carbs but if you're going for performance you're going to need more carbs And protein should always be a good base. So fat's more like the filler. We don't need so much fat for body composition, and definitely not for performance. So that's more like on the low end, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Do you follow the personally like a uh, diet type? Do you follow any trend, or do you follow any I don't know zone diet, paleo, fasting, which is so trendy at the moment? Or do you just pick what's kind of what works for you even if it's a little bit from here a little bit from there different pieces from everywhere yeah different things work for different people so any diet will work if you are consistent mm -hmm. basically and it depends on your goal of course but generally speaking for general health it's it's first of all it's about um having the right calories for your body weight so body weight correlates with health so if you're too heavy the tendency the probability that you're not healthy is going to be higher depending on how heavy you are so and that that all comes down to calories so and then the second the second part would be uh, quality of food so are you eating processed food are you eating foods that are fresh that are you know have a lot of micronutrients etc That makes a difference, and then, that, then of course, how what is your macronutrient um, uh, ratio? Yeah. And then maybe you can talk about timing or supplements. That's like the low end of, you know, that's not not the most important thing for health. But yeah, yeah. so getting, I think when I start coaching people and they don't have a background of, I mean, they don't have a lot of experience about with nutrition. Usually, it's just first of all eat foods that are mostly healthy single ingredient foods for example yeah. see also we also see is all these people it's okay I want to uh, gain weight or want to get muscles and everything and mm. they just start with the first step they start with is supplements 
Yeah. Uh, so it's not knowing, they're not getting like quality, they don't know how much macros they have, they don't know how many calories they have, so there's no background knowledge of what they're eating, and they just say, okay, probably this is why the message comes from the industry, is like, okay, supplements will, make, will take you there, it don't, don't, doesn't matter what you have plus this, if you add this to your diet, it's going to be okay with it. Yeah. And it seems like the more people we talk about, we talk to that knows about it, the first step is knowing your diet, healthy diet, follow your macros, fill up your calorie intakes, and then... Yeah, I mean, mm. I mean, we see yeah. supplement. Just, yeah. It's supplement. It's not the base of it. It's just a supplement of what that's, you're having. That's why it's called a supplement, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see like people coming like, ah, I can't lose weight, or I can't... I can't uh, gain weight, and I'm feeling so uh, depressed about that, and so on. And then you start to ask them, like, okay, but um, first, do you sleep? So, yeah, no, uh, it's a bit, you know, I, I, it's hard. I mean, so, okay, do you drink alcohol? So, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, yeah, how often? Yeah, like every weekend you go out? Okay, good. Um, and then, how many times you in Berlin? Every week, every day? Like yeah, like, exactly. And then, <laughs> and how much do you eat? Yeah, no, I try to keep, uh, like, I try to eat enough. And you say, well, okay, so what's that? And so, yeah, it's somewhere there. So, okay, so you're somewhere there and you never reach it or you, and what do you eat when you try to reach those? So like, yeah, I eat pasta or I eat something like, okay, but... Um, yeah. And how often do you train? So yeah, I train three times in the gym, and sometimes I go running. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and then, then you're like, okay, so uh, first of all, uh, you have to sleep. Can you can you fix that? Oh no, that's that's. Yeah, they. I can, I, I, no, I don't know how to do that. To and, and then it's like, okay, okay, so you can't sleep. Can you fix your diet? Can you, can you eat properly? Can you follow your diet, have a plan? Can you eat something healthy instead of like processed food or something like mm-hmm. that? No, I don't have time it's for like, that. It's like, I don't have time for that. Okay. But then, can you then train uh, six times a week? No, I don't have time for that. Okay, but then... Let's see. I think it goes, I think, your decisions <laughs> that people want to do. I mean, yeah. if you really want to achieve your goals, you really have to focus and you really have to start yeah. by doing. You have to know what easy. you're doing. So many, this sounds like very much as a cliche, but it's completely true. If, if, we, if it was so easy, everyone would do it. Yeah, and, and especially you have to know like, what you're doing. Like, monitor your sleep or monitor what you're eating. Like, I'm a big fan of tracking food, even though the, the, the apps where you can track food and are not perfect. But it will give you, give you a view of like, basically what, how much calories you're taking in, how much protein you're taking in, etc. And, and just seeing that black and white can really help to improve, right? Just to like, yeah. And then also... Training, I, yeah, you have to facilitate muscle growth. So you're going to have to go into the gym and lift weights. You can't just like sit on the on the bike or you know go running and expect muscles to just appear. And I, I think there's a lot of people who aren't educated enough to really know. And then it's also hard. It's it's hard to lose weight, but it's also for some people just as hard to gain weight. So uh, I definitely see the difficulty in that. And they, they, usually they have to eat more than they want to, more than feels good. But if that's the same thing otherwise when you're trying to lose weight, right? It doesn't always feel good. Yeah, for yeah. the people, this is also, I think, something we've discussed before. Um, I think we see it takes time to do it. So we don't quite see changes yeah. as, as fast as we would like to. Uh, it's not, the, it's not the. In- it's not. It's not instant. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not that you start training and you start eating good, and then a month later you have a six pack. No. Yeah. It takes so it takes a while. Very consistent and very time. Yes. Focus on your goal. Yes. So when people ask me they to lose twenty kilos, I give them a time frame of three months where we can lose like maybe ten percent of their body weight, and then I'll take them into a maintenance phase where they have to like just hold their weight, keep their weight. So yeah. their body can kind of like relax and also psychologically they're not always on the diet. Yeah. And 
that will give them a lot more adherence and consistency and results at the end. So it'll take longer, but it'll get them there for sure. And it'll be a lot more sustainable than just doing a crash diet and then going back into your old habits, which, you know, we see all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So being, being patient, good things take time. That's just how it is. Yeah. I like the analogy that like our bodies are also like a, like an engine. So if you put bad stuff into engine, the engine is going to get clogged, it's going to get rusty, it's going to get, you know, mm. inefficient. So just by switching fuel, uh, you're not just going to have engine working from day one as if, if it was new. So yeah. it takes time for the engine to clean itself, yeah. to get efficient with uh, what, what you're putting inside it. And for a body, you know, I'm, 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 I've always said, like, uh, so what's your goal? I say, yeah, I'm working for Beach 2018. And they're like, no, but it's 17 now. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working for 18, not, not, not 17. But, yeah. Um, we're looking for this, uh, like, instant gratification, uh, getting some likes on, on the social media, um, the, the six pack in two weeks. And yeah, but like things aren't like always possible. Like I have so many guys are like, yeah, I want to pack a muscle and just lose a little bit, little bit of fat. So I want to like lose weight, but I want to gain muscle or women even, you know, yeah. I'm just like, okay, so have you trained before? Yeah. <laughs> For six years, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you're probably not going to gain that much more muscle and lose weight at the same time. You're going to have to bulk yeah. for a while, and you're not going to feel good in your body, but then we can maintain so your your body kind of gets accustomed to the new muscle mass, and then we can cut, you know? But that's going to take, like, nine months, yeah. like, to, to get you there where you want to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So now we're talking diet. We have anything <laughs> that is completely off diet. You would really say, okay, this is, shouldn't be, I shouldn't be eating this. But definitely, I cannot live without this. Uh, What's the one thing that the Hackman eats and says, nah, probably people shouldn't know it. I don't know everything I posted because I'm really proud of it. But um, so, yeah, it's usually I have a big problem with Ben and Jerry's being in my house. So like I'll go like in the morning I'll have breakfast I'll have like a spoon of Ben and Jerry's and I won't track that. <laughs> yeah. We're we not sponsored by Ben Jerry's. It doesn't. It's like it, it doesn't count. It's like it's just so minimal. Like yeah. yeah, that's a huge psychological problem. I know it's there. And the funny thing is, I was on competition a couple of weeks ago and I was on a really strict, uh, not really strict, but like on a little cut cutting diet and my boyfriend came home with two Ben and Jerry's He's like hey you know let's you know have and I'm just like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> I was pissed for like three hours I was really like seriously mad but yeah angry eating yeah so for you this is for Ben and Jerry's going back to like discipline and uh, and this uh, kind of been having a hard will where um, where did you realize that you wanted to do something like own business wise because you uh, you started like the first CrossFit affiliate in Hamburg mm-hmm. and one of the first ones in, in Germany yeah and, um, so what made you think that this is a good idea being pregnant <laughs> yeah, and it, well yeah exactly I don't think I've, that was so well thought out <laughs> it, but I managed I managed that and um, I think that my basic reasoning for opening my own gym well I've been working in global gyms I had worked there for like 10 years or so and then I got to know the CrossFit training system and tried to implement that but I was I was that was 2009 2010 so I was in in, in San Diego 2009 and that's where I went to a gym called uh, uh, um, I think it was uh, it was this Navy guy I think it was called U.S. CrossFit I forget Maybe I'll remember. But anyway, so I went to like a basic CrossFit class there and I thought it was really fit because I was like doing a lot of stuff. So, but then I realized I don't, I, like I didn't even know like what gymnastics was or like yeah. the 
the difference between powerlifting and Olympic lifting. Like I, ne I didn't even know these concepts, right? So then I came back to Germany and I wanted to do all that stuff and I couldn't do it at the gym. Like they would like be like, okay, we're gonna kick you out if you do another wall ball shot or try another handstand push up, yeah. right? Because I was like making all the walls dirty. Yeah. So you can't, you can't walk walls. around with equipment here. Yeah, you <laughs> hey, don't, don't lift equipment above hey, your waist. Stop, sweating. stop it. Yeah, or they would like be like, yeah, you have to put down the bar every single time when you deadlift because otherwise it's really bad for your back. I'm like, what the? F well, anyway. So I think it was a, a more selfish reason actually to be able to train the way I want to. Yeah. And I had quite a good uh, community going on um, for, with my PT clients um, who I also trained in a CrossFit style fashion. So um, we started off our gym with I think about 30 or 40 members right off the bat. So we almost were able to pay rent. That's a good start. It, it was, yeah. So. What, what was the affiliate's name? CrossFit HH. HH. Yeah. So, uh, and it's still there, but you you are currently yeah uh, not in in the HH anymore. No, no. I I was. Uh there for three years with I had it with together with a partner and I sold my shares it was just not manageable for me being a mom and having a gym so you guys have a gym you know what it's like you basically have to live there and have a good support system uh, I'm a single mom where back then I was single so it was very hard for me to do both and I had to kind of decide and right now I'm freelancing and the job that I'm doing at NOCO is something that I can do a lot also from from anywhere really from home or wherever I travel so it's it's a lot it suits my lifestyle a lot more yeah so yeah. Um, how talking about lifestyle how do you uh, um, get your training in mm -hmm. your life how how do you manage that I set realistic goals that's that's the first thing so also time wise how much time can I, can I invest and what can I get out of it because that's ultimately what's going to make me happy so I could be a crossfitter and train six days a week twice a day if I had the time I would probably do that because I, I love crossfit but I don't have that time and it's definitely not about making excuses so I really only have like three to four days where I can train 90 minutes and I'm naturally strong so I'm not going to become a triathlete or a runner of course so I decided to focus more on the Olympic lifts and so right now um, I'm yeah basically training Olympic weightlifting four times a week yeah, what's, yeah. what's your goal there my goal was to be uh, at a good level in Germany yeah. so I'm a competitive I have a competitive personality it would be really hard for me to train and not have like a competition coming up or something like that so uh, currently um, I'm, I'm a master's now as of this year and I, uh, I won the German championships this year. So I'm a German champion in uh, the age group 35 to 40. And I also set a record for the clean and jerk, which was um, my first record was 82 kilos, and then 80, I broke that record 86 kilos, which is not my best lift, but it was good enough for a record. So, uh, yeah. What's your numbers at uh, clean and jerk and snatch? It's actually 70 and 90, and my my um, competition PR was 66 and 90. Yeah, and at the German Championship, it was uh, 65 and 86, so just a little bit below. Between this, sorry, uh, which one is your favorite lift? You Clean and jerk. Snatch is always very, uh, depends on, on how I feel, how, uh, how well coordinated I move, and like the clean and jerk is just like, okay, just More have, power. just, yeah, <laughs> power. Muscle it. Muscle it. Muscle it out. <laughs> um, so... Let's go into the, the, the gender questions again. Um, so for, for a woman that wants to start with lifting, um, we, we hear things like, hey, you're going to get bulky, it's not beautiful, it's not blah, blah, blah. But uh, what do you say to those women? Um, so in order to get bulky, you're going to have to get in a lot of training volume and eat a lot of food, which usually doesn't happen with most women. And then if you look at the CrossFit, the best CrossFit women, those women were strong before, usually. They didn't just get strong with CrossFit. CrossFit took that and kind of took it for itself. But it's more that those women were very athletic before. Either they were into gymnastics or Olympic weightlifting or whatever. But... 
So the the, the general population of women they um, are already very pre disposed to like the way people view beauty and how women should eat and everything. So it's, as a trainer, it's very hard to convince them of something else. Yeah. Even though I would say that I'm not bulky, but I'm still more muscular than they would like to be probably. And I always tell them, look, I'm an Olympic weightlifter. <laughs> I, I lift a lot of weights during the week. You're probably not going to do that volume, so you're probably not going to look like that. And then the way I convince them, though, actually, is through the experience of training with me. Yeah. So I'll give them a little bit of lifts. I'll give them a little bit of CrossFit, you know. Um, and even women who say, I don't want muscles. I won't only want to do high repetitions. I'll slip in like a little heavy weightlifting. And then they'll experience how they feel and how they look. And usually it's like, oh, I want more of that. Like, oh, my, my legs yeah. look a lot nicer, leaner. or I got more butt or whatever. And from there, I can, Do you see yeah. a change also when they start doing it, when they... Because the last couple of years, I think we've changed a little bit of the fashion industry. It's like fit is the new... Yeah, strong is the new sexy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So have you seen this in, like, in training? Absolutely. Uh, the way, the kind of the, set, the mindset uh, people bring it to the... Yes. So there's more women asking me, how can I build muscle? So yeah. not only women saying, I want to look lean and not gain muscle that used to be the case mm -hmm. more and more women I especially because I probably make my body portrays that they'll come to me and say I want to look like you I want muscles so I, I think yeah. you, you had a like really good post about that a couple of months ago with where you compared yourself uh, as the cardio coach mm -hmm. and this was me doing cardio yes and this is me doing weightlifting And where you see, like, okay, if you want to get lean, then you have to clean. No, but it's, <laughs> it's really, you have to start to pull some weights, right? Yeah. And it's probably the most efficient way to, if you want to get some definition or whatever. Um, but, yeah, for, for a girl or a guy that wants to start with, like, weightlifting, uh, do you think... Uh, is it easier to just start with weightlifting or is CrossFit a good way to start with it or how do you see that? It, that also depends on your goal. Do you want to be the strongest person in the gym? Then do weightlifting. If you want to be an all-rounder and just get a little bit more strength and definition, then, and it depends on how many times you can train per week, of course, also. And at the end of the day, it has to be fun too. So... A lot of people like also the community aspect of CrossFit and whatever gets them into the gym will help them reach their goals. So it totally depends. But at the end of the day, um, everything stands and falls also with the right coach and with the right mindset and setting the right goals. So if you're not willing to do what it takes, you know, um, then not anything that you start doing probably it won't get you anywhere. So you have to kind of know you know what you're gonna, what work you're gonna, you're willing to put into that also but i you know you can you can get strong like if you've never trained before obviously anything's going to get you stronger and if you've done crossfit for a while and your goal is to get stronger then probably you should focus more on the lifts yeah yeah and and um now like when you're on the side of the weightlifting side of things um <laughs> have you also uh yeah you've probably also seen now that like the crossfit made kind of the Olympic lifts uh, kind of sexy again or so and is that is starting to drive more people to the weightlifting mm -hmm. scene also? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, had, that's happened in any country that I mean everywhere. Yeah. Uh, predominantly in the States you can, you can see that movement but for sure also now in Germany um, the weightlifters are gaining a lot more members at yeah. their weightlifting clubs because people want to know how to either get better technique so they want like a real weightlifting coach or they just want to they switch to weightlifting or whatever yeah so yeah, because once also you when you start i mean i, I do also agree with this that crossfit has made the has bring the weightlifting to the masses mm -hmm. in a way um And then you realize when you start looking at it and you see it's not about raw strength, it's about so many things, coordination, mobility. It's so hard to do one of these lifts in a proper way with a good technique and everything. So yeah, it's not about, 
and I, I think I, we talk about this and so there was watching the Olympics weightlifting with my wife and she was like oh so fast under the bar and what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> you've been reading no, I've been reading about it and yeah it's a good technique and yeah so kind of a yeah to the masses to everyone before it used to be such a niche and now it's I love I love the idea that it's also about achievement and, and self actualization. So a woman getting strong, not only does her posture get better, but it also manip manipulates her her mental status. So she'll be a lot mentally a lot stronger too. And and from going going from how does a woman look to wow she performed so well. I think that's great, and I think that will do our future generation the girls great. That in in a sense that maybe. They will be less prone to, you know, have like an eating disorder or not taking care of their bodies or not feeling well in their bodies and stuff like that. It's it's okay to be strong, and I think that's important because men are allowed to be strong. Why shouldn't women? You know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, um, this kind of hurdle or um, of getting, I, I think, to get people moving is, I think, the biggest problem. Or as you say, we we kind of have our internal language within the community of CrossFit and sports is that, yeah, you just have to start, mm. have to get moving, and then you st suddenly you don't care so much more about like that, the definition and so on. It's more like the, yeah, it's it's the by part of, of yeah. working out, but you kind of get into... Hey, I'm 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 mentally feeling stronger. I'm uh, I saw something you also talked about. You get you actually get uh, fitter at work. You get you get uh, just stronger in your mental capacity. Yeah. And uh, but for us, it's always about okay. So we want to have as many people as possible in the gym. Because then we can affect their lives, and we know it's they're, it's it's going to set them on the right path. They might not be here for their entire life, but it's going to start yeah. the ball rolling, right? And uh, by this, we always have to sort of still use the same language as the rest of the fitness industry, like get get fit, get mm -hmm. get lean, get blah. Because saying like. Get happy it doesn't really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like people are like, I drink alcohol, I get happy. No, but uh, because everyone is so used to quick fixes instead. Um, yeah. But uh, how? Uh, yeah, I don't know. How how do we solve this? Uh, how how do we solve this problem of being on the line of you know we have to use kind of the same language as. Um, But also it happens that we promote movement at the end. I think that's also a very important part of it. I mean, if I'm very happy if someone joins our, our gym, our box here, or if someone starts training and weightlifting. I think the best, the first step is just to get people moving. If, it, if it's yoga, pilates, uh, a nap, but just get them off, off the couch and just start moving. Yeah. And we have this problem of people just going from bed to the office, that's a desk, sit on the desk for eight, 10 hours, then going home, just laying on the couch, and then to bed. And yeah. you say, no, but you're, uh, yeah, I, I bike uh, to the office. It does, you're commuting, you're not doing exercise. Uh, I think. Just get them moving. Yeah, exactly, and, and just, yeah, I think it has to come from them. Like, they have to make the decision. So people will, will touch, like, I like to educate people on health and fitness, but at the end of the day, they'll forget what I say, but they will never forget how I made them feel. Like, there's this quote out, right? People will forget what you tell them, and yeah. they will never forget how you made them feel or something like that. And that totally, totally works in any aspect of life, but especially for fitness. You can convince people, and you can get them to be more consistent and, and, and make better health and fitness choices just by uh, letting it resign, resonate with them and giving them, giving them like small steps, small goals, goals. So for example, you know, just eat healthy foods for this, for the, for the week only single ingredient or whatever for the start yeah, or manageable, start manageable, manageable something that yeah otherwise they're gonna you know throw everything off after four weeks because like I can't do it and a healthy lifestyle just not sustainable for me I'm just not good enough or whatever and also but also like um, hold them accountable so if somebody comes to me and wants to have like nutrition advice 
then I'll have them track what they eat for a week and they'll have to send me pictures actually also over WhatsApp so I can really see what they're eating and see what they're tracking. And some people can't even do that. If you can't even do that, then you're probably not going to be able to uh, maintain a healthy diet over a period of time. It has something to do with self-care. So teaching people how to to practice self-care, I think is the primary goal for um, a trainer to teach health and wellness. Wellness. So uh, how how do you see this like happening in, in Germany? Because I have uh, like there's one trend with more healthy healthness or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I see like when I moved to Germany, just the culture of eating is uh, profoundly more more uh, bad mm-hmm. than for in Scandinavia, for example. Yeah. So, um, and if you go to the islands, to like UK, uh, I don't know Ireland, Adam, really, but, um, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're just a good food in, uh, is fish and chips. That's a good dinner. But um, mm-hmm. like in Germany, we have something called Abendbrot. Yeah. For example, that's dinner. Um, where you eat a sandwich for, for dinner, which is for me like that's no that's not food. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm so just for those who don't know how Scandinavian food looks like, we have a very hot, heavy diet. It's not very good if you are sitting at a desk, but it's good if you're out on the field working a lot. So it's a big breakfast, it's a big lunch, and it's a big dinner. It's always oh, warm. <laughs> Uh, well, the, always in Ikea. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's it's homemade usually. Okay, you have processed foods, of, of course, in Sweden. You have frozen pizzas and stuff, but it's particularly, main thing is that we eat warm lunch and warm dinner, um, per, uh, even though mm. it's, it's processed. But it's, it's more like, the, okay, you have to cook. You don't, you know, just make it easy and try to slice a bread and then pop that's your yeah. dinner yeah which in my eyes it looked like this is just uh laziness uh but yeah it's also a cultural thing you, you know you you get used to it and but i i, I can't see like how this how the culture is kind of standing a bit in the way for progression to getting stronger or whatever so we kind of have to work against mm. um, the food industry also. Yeah, but there's also healthy choices. So basically it really depends. Like I think it's okay to have cultural preferences and differences. And at the end of the day, it matters how many calories are coming in and then we're getting burned again. So you have quite a bit of play in there, actually. It doesn't really matter as long as it's not a process, highly processed. It really doesn't matter that much where your carbs, fat, or protein comes from, right? So you can incorporate that. I wouldn't take too much away from someone who's used to eating in a specific way. Um, That said, you can educate them on eating maybe a little bit more of certain things that they're missing out. So mainly for most people, it's protein. We don't tend to want to eat enough protein and vegetables. So getting them to eat more of that. Um, in my experience, it's been really easy to do that with people who have been pri- um, who've been eating paleo because they're already used to eating a lot of protein and vegetables. But if they're not at all, you're going to have to take small steps. You know, so just by them taking the picture of their food, actually, usually they notice it themselves. Like oh, I'm always eating the same thing, yeah. you know, or whatever. So, so did you say getting them more aware is or not yeah. pretty healthy food? And my breakfast is just a couple of eggs. No, not even eggs. It's like muesli with yogurt and a banana. Yeah, what's your protein? Like, yeah. You, you're not balanced with diet. So yeah, exactly. Carbs, some fat, but... That's usually the profile that I see, that they have high fat, high carb, and uh, way too little protein. And then it's no wonder that they're not going to get the perfect body composition that they're looking for, or even the performance that they're looking for. Yeah, or I, I, I see more like... Low fat, low protein, high carb. Or that, so, yeah. So mm. you have like the yogurts, you have, you go to yogurt land and you see, oh, what's this? It's uh, Greek yogurt and it's only uh, 1% fat or 1%, 1.5% fat. I'm like, 
Greek yogurt with 10% fat tastes really good, right? <laughs> you can't eat too much. You get too much calories, but it tastes good, right? So you can mix it with some milk or something. But then you look at the package and it's like 10% sugar added yeah. to that because you take away the fat. So you put some sugar and this is something happening for a lot of people. They eat these kind of uh, low fat products where they added sugar to make the taste still be there. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, it's just something that people just have like the, the knowledge. I, I see in Germany in particular, we have, the, it's the most pizza eating country in the in Europe. <laughs> I don't know if in the world, but frozen yeah, pizza. So I've heard that before. <laughs> so we, we, we eat I, it's like ridiculous uh, how much pizza, like frozen pizzas, uh, we eat. Like salami pizza is the biggest one. Yeah. So um, makes sense because of the prices also. Yeah. So cheap to eat processed food compared yeah. to eating. It's yeah, and it's and then speaking of the the low fat uh, dairy products, like it's just like people looking for like a magic trick, you know, how to lose weight or whatever, yeah, like shortcut, and and really it's about. There's no, there's no trick. It's just being consistent with your food intake. So eating mainly healthy foods, keeping a calorie balance, eating on a regular basis. You know, always having enough protein. And it's like learning a language. You're gonna have to look at the stuff that you're eating and find out what's in it. It's you have to educate yourself. That's what's gonna give you control. Uh, talking about education. Um, my wife is pregnant right now, and <laughs> she is also educated. No, but she uh, and she is um, doing CrossFit, and there's uh, this kind of um, thing going on, or uh, a lot of doctors tell women not to do anything when they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Don't lift anything. Don't do anything. <laughs> what, what's your experience there? So. Um if you've never done CrossFit before, it's probably not a good idea to start CrossFit when you're getting pregnant or when you're pregnant. Um, that said, if you've been experienced and exposed to CrossFit workouts, then of course, as long as you're not training for a competition necessarily, I think that would not make sense to like try to better your friend time. I mean, also you're gaining weight, so it's gonna get harder. We, ha we have a visitor. <laughs> a visitor. Um, and I would also, the further along you get into the pregnancy, maybe like be a little bit careful with like the kip or too much explosive movements. Yeah. But it totally depends on the person and their experience. Especially if you're a trainer yourself, you know what you're doing. Yeah. I would have, you know, less concerns. And then with like the general population that goes to CrossFit, I would always advise, always like have a coach on the side and who's like checking on you every once in a while. Yeah. That you're not overdoing it. It totally depends on the personality, though, too. But it also goes to uh, sports-wise. I mean, for every sport, if you've been doing the sport, if you've been running, for example, yeah, and you get pregnant, I guess you can. If you start running when you're pregnant, it's not the best stage of your life to just start yeah, doing exactly. it. Exactly. I have this, this uh, friend of mine who sh she's a professional triathlon runner, competitor, and she was running a couple of Ks a day until eight months pregnant. Yeah, we had a, a member at CrossFit Am Rhein in Düsseldorf at our gym. Uh, she trained one, she trained like three or four times a, a week and also a day before she had her baby and yeah. it was fine like we we had to scale stuff but not only because like the fact that she was pregnant but also just like space wise she couldn't do deadlifts after a while like her belly was in the way right so like but it's so good like to get the blood flow going also for the baby of course and also just for the mother to feel good and to maintain muscle mass it's really important also for her joints so if you do it in the right manner of course yeah. yeah, like so, so something that I see or we see is that you have a lot of uh, like women in the Western uh, Hemisphere that uh, they have a big problem with uh, wetting themselves after giving birth and everything. It's, it's normal, but it's also something that some people have them for life. Mm. And this is also correlated with like the lack of moving and the lack of yep. actually... Uh, doing 
things like CrossFit, where you actually have to have a lot of pelvic control. Yes. And uh, where you're latently always working on that, and it will just regenerate faster. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, doing a heavy back squat, I don't know any better movement for like pelvic control. I mean, for getting yeah. stronger in the pelvic, like seriously. Yeah. I didn't do anything after I gave birth except for the lifts. And obviously I didn't go into the gym and do a one rep max after I came back home from the hospital. But, you know, slowly but surely I got my strength back up and it's benefited me in any way I can think of. So... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, uh, I think I think that's very important for people to know and, and um, also get, to get educated in that it actually gives you life quality, not just now, but in, in the prolonged term. So when you're also 50 or 60, you don't have to go and think about wetting yourself. Yeah. Think, um, <laughs> or when you're older than that, not yeah. being able to get out of bed and having people help you because you're yeah, too, exactly. you know. Quality of life at the end. It's yeah. quite anti-aging, also I, a big thing. Well, yeah, I was talking yesterday with a with a cardiologist friend of mine. He was saying, the healthier you are, the more buffer you have against any kind of thing that comes into, yes. into your way. Yeah. Uh, he was. We were just specifically talking about, for example, if you have to, if I have to make surgery in a guy, thirty-year-old guy, healthy guy, and a sixty-year-old healthy guy, the sixty-year-old has way less buffer against anything that might happen during intervention or might happen during uh, recovery time. So it's way more important for him to be fit. So we increase this buffer, this mm. healthy buffer he has. So it's not about looking only looking good. It's about life quality. It's about health. It's about enjoying your grandkids when you're 60, 70, or 80 years old. Yeah, like having a good amount of muscle mass compared to fat. I mean, having more muscle than fat benefits... I mean, a multiple number of health markers, you know, from cardiovascular disease or pre-diabetic or whatever. And I mean, that's just like the health part of it. But then also like the physical part of it, like you're, you have more capacity, uh, um, your, your, your joints are usually healthier, like you just have more energy, all that kind of stuff. And then from the mental standpoint, like, I mean, it has so many benefits to train in a way that facilitates muscle growth. And fat loss. Yeah. yeah. So, so to to round this podcast off, um, I would like to ask you for what's your top five lift uh, or five things to improve your lifts. So what should you do? Five points. Uh, okay. Obviously, you have to lift. <laughs> so first thing I would say is get a good coach. Have someone. No matter how long you've been training. You always need a coach. What's your coach name? I don't have one coach. I have a couple mentors. So one of them, uh, luckily, is Oliver Caruso, the former national weightlifting coach. He's a friend of ours. So I'm going to training camp in May to see him. And he's been giving me very valuable tips. But I also have Georg Hein. One of my tip trainers, uh, president of the uh, weightlifting, uh, I guess, fine, yeah. And then we have another weightlifting coach. His name is Kurt. He's at CrossFit number one. So I have like three. And then um, I have another coach that writes um, uh, writes a program for me for um, squats, deadlifts, and presses. His name is Jordan Feigenbaum, and he's from the States. He's a doctor and a powerlifter. So I get my input from multiple sources. Feigenbaum is very German name. Yeah, he's uh, Jewish. Jewish, okay. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, and he actually also does my nutrition. So I, I also have a nutrition coach. So like, I know what I'm supposed to eat, actually, I think. But no, I actually don't. I need yeah. someone to like be like, Ellie, this is not the time for Urban and Jerry's. Yeah. You know, you need to stick to your macros or whatever. So he's been a great help. Yeah. Really good. It's easier to follow a plan than to just figure out yourself. I need someone ah, to give me a plan. Now, what's better for me? Should I eat broccoli or Urban and Jerry's? Yeah, exactly. It's like if, if it comes from like a th an authority, like yeah. someone who told, and you're paying them. I don't know. Like I, maybe it's just me. I tend to, yeah, be more consistent then. So that's the first thing. Get a coach. Then um, leave your ego at the door. So 
uh, don't take too much weight. Yeah. So focus more on technique and always like basically never stop practicing, never stop learning. So always treat your training also as a practice. It's not about always kicking ass and PRing. It's 99% of uh, weightlifting and getting better at it is practicing yeah. and always having like that beginner mindset. That's a, that's a good tip. Uh, I, uh, we see that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Especially the younger you are, the, the more you want to always be on the edge. Yeah. And um, yeah, so, uh, you don't get better by competing, you get better by training. And practicing. Yes, exactly. Uh, very good. Uh, ben Bergeron, I think, uh, has a pause with this. Uh-huh. Yeah, very interesting. We want to look at Facebook. Okay, uh, yeah. Um, so that's that. Then um, uh, I've benefited a lot from filming myself. So as you know, I, I post a lot about my training, but actually only like 5% of what I film goes online. So yeah. most of it is just for me because I tend to get a better mind-body connection by actually seeing what I'm doing. Mm. Not only from the coach telling me what I'm doing, but me visually seeing what's happening and also then seeing the difference and kind of connecting that to how that felt. Yeah. So I'll look at the videos in slow motion, and, and it's really hurtful sometimes to see what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you, get, you get instant feedback from what you're doing. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, like a lot of people wonder why why do these uh, special like in, within CrossFit like why do these CrossFitters always post their, their stupid <laughs> things and film film that they're narcissistic? But no, we don't have any mirrors. That's the problem. We don't. Problem. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> when you see oh, when you think of yourself, oh, that was a great lift. Well, yeah. It felt good. And you see the video, it's like, oh shit, my phone sucks. <laughs> like, my elbows are bent, my knees are, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a good down to earth part. <laughs> exactly. So that was three, right? Uh, yeah. Filming number three. Yeah. Mm. Um, getting better at the lifts. I would say doing a bunch of strict work, like not just doing the lifts, but like, accessory work like squats but also strict gymnastics i've benefited a lot from for example like grip work chin-ups like yeah. sled pulls rope pulls because like always like you're gonna get into um if you're always training the same way you're gonna get imbalances after a while so kind of like counter um yeah training those imbalances yeah, people should look at your uh, i saw some some like legless rope climb Mm. Posture, like beautiful posture in that. So yeah, uh, it's also something like a lot of weightlifters don't do. Yeah, it's not, you know, you're just standing on that podium all the time. Like I'm gonna lift, I'm gonna lift, but hey, where where is your legless rope climb, dude? Yeah, so kind of balancing those that out. Yeah. Um. And I think that plays into number five that I would probably put out there is mo like mobility and making sure that you have good mobility and motor recruitment yeah. in those positions. So not necessarily stretching all the time, but just making sure that you're recovering right, that you're warming up right, that you keep your joints mobile and um, also to prevent injury yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, so um, I had an idea, so we, we're going to do after the podcast uh, mm -hmm. for the video audience that we do a, maybe a, like a, some short mobility um, tips so we can share. Um, sure. Um, but by, by that, I, if, if you don't have anything particular, I think we have to... No, I just want to uh, thank you, Ellie, very much for your time. We've been here at the, at the Escapist podcast. Yeah. yeah, this is actually my first podcast. So thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where cool. can where can people find you? So basically on Facebook and Instagram under my name Ellie Hackman. Yeah, I don't have a website. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Adam is working on it. Uh, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> Go to elliehackman.com. Already passing his card. Okay. Thank you very much. And uh, happy listening for you. Uh, until next time. Until next time. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Good.